Welcome to the Exit Velocity Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name is Brent. As always, I'm here with Jordan. How are we doing this evening? Pretty good, man. How are you? Good, good. Today we actually have a special guest, the 2019 GV Classic champion, Jake. How are we doing? Good. How are you doing, Brent? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. You you kind of dominated this week to bring home the trophy, and you just snuck in with the sixth-place win. Yeah, I mean, you always got to sweat it out, especially, you know, I realize once you get this far, it seems like every at-bat is, is important, but I was happy to, you know, get the victory and, and be a champion, being some elite company. Yeah, yeah, I know Jordan was in first place all year, and he's still probably a little salty about the loss last week. Are you? Uh, yeah, but um, I think I'm going through similar pains that he experienced last year. So if it if it means that I have to wait another year to get mine, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, I know Bobby. I know he had a good uh, comment yesterday on Trevor Bauer, which Trevor Bauer, he had a nightmare of a season. But at first, I didn't know what that was about. And then I looked and that, oh, yeah, that's crazy. But Trevor Bauer wouldn't even have saved him this week. Yeah, so how does it feel to be a champ, Jake? I mean, it feels good. I know, you know, kind of going through the whole season, I started hot and then kind of slipped a little bit. And, you know, I was kind of hanging around 10th for a while and had a couple good weeks. And and once the deadline was getting closer, I I knew if I put together a, a couple big weeks, I could try and sneak in. And I was able to do that and took on Homish in the first round. I was a little fortunate. You know, Yelly got hurt so you know that helped me and I was able to get by him you know DeGrom had two quality starts I picked up Cueto he had 10 shutout you know went into the second week up against Henry and I think he ran into a little bit of the buy scaries you know if, I, if, if that's what I want to call it and I ran into that last year and he had a couple guys that you know he had been leaning on all year and I just didn't think they produced the way they wanted to and you know, and then took Bobby on in the championship. And I felt like I had a little bit of pressure from, from the league to win it because I know Bobby would have captured his third ring in nine years. It would have looked pretty damn good. So I'm glad I was able to to pull it out. I'm a champion, so it feels good. Yeah, you have definitely. a nice – definitely have a nice squad with Suarez. It's probably the biggest surprise of the year. Almost had 50 home runs this year. Yeah, I know he was pushing, you know, he they were playing him a lot and the Reds, you know, obviously we're out of playoff contention, but I know he was going for 50 and, you know, I got Bellinger. So having two of the top five home run leaders in the league, you know, obviously helped a lot. And, you know, I had a lot of other guys like Tommy Pham, Ramon Liriano, um, you know, some of those guys came through for me. And uh, again, yeah, I think I had a complete squad. I'm happy to win. Yeah. I'd say the biggest biggest thing I would commend you for was your approach at the deadline and how you went about business and bought or you spent money but you didn't, or like you sold picks but you didn't sell your higher end picks and you got lower leverage guys at the right value. Could you elaborate more on your approach and how you did that and how you became successful? Well, I think with this league it's it's very competitive and you know it's there's a lot of trades, it's a lot of fun and I think for myself I've always kind of been standstill with trades. I've just relied on the draft, free agent pickups, but I knew this year there was some really good teams at the top and I just said, "Hey, I got to try and strengthen my my pitching and but I don't want to spend an arm and a leg." So I went and got someone like Savali from the Indians. Came through. I I traded for Marquez and 5 days later he's out for the season. Um, you know, I went and got Cal Quantrill, some of those guys that were, you know, really you know, doing well at the deadline, Cattell Marte, you know, and looking at my roster now in the championship week, none of those guys are even on my squad. So to be able to spend a little bit, get me in and, you know, win me a championship, it was all worth it in the end of the day. Definitely. That's what I would do. I said that's what it came down for me and like trying to battle to retain the momentum I had going in. And that might be the first round by scaries that you had mentioned. I like, I was just suffering second or for that last week. So I commend you and your efforts um, for all you did and that you overcame some adversity there. So kudos to you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. 
Yeah, the question I got for you is uh, for next year, who would be a guy that didn't perform this year that you expect to have a big season next year? Oh, that's a – I mean, I I feel like I had a lot of guys that, you know, performed, you know, the way they should. Clevenger, DeGrom, um, Suarez, Moose. I think one guy that I really want to give a lot of credit to is Tommy Edmond. That guy is just a hit machine. If you look at his last two weeks – He's the number one player. He's hitting almost 500. He's, I think he's got eight or nine multi-hit games. Mm-hmm. And he just was getting big hits for me, you know, stealing bags and definitely a 2020 sleeper that, you know, I'm going to be targeting next year, Tommy Edmund. Nice. You definitely. keep the What's that? Are you going to keep Paul Goldschmidt? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm thinking about it. He's getting up there in age. You know, I got Blake Snell. I see he's he's pretty high in your rankings. And also, I want to give a shout-out, though. I see Alex Bregman up there in the top five. I uh, kept him not too long ago, I think maybe a year early. You know, gave him up in, a, I think, an eighth-round eighth pick trade to Henry. And oh. I guess Henry let me beat him in the semis. So, I guess it's a fair trade <laughs> at this point. But, uh, yeah, yeah I'm thinking about keeping Goldie. He's rock solid. I mean, the Cards winning the NL Central again is huge. And, you know, he's as good as they come. It's just I don't want to keep him, you know, too long and then get burned. So, definitely yeah. a lot of decisions in the offseason. And, I mean, I thought about keeping Cattell Marte, but I knew I, I couldn't burn that bench spot. And I know Bobby had to eat one with Trout, so I had to use that to my advantage and had to cut bait, and it paid off. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan, do you have anything else you'd like to ask Jake? Uh, just looking at, I mean, how happy were you with Cody Bellinger this season? Uh, well, I mean, we were talking before the season, JR, about, you know, for a second there I thought about keeping Chris Davis, and I think that one would have ate at me probably forever because, you know, I gave up on Bregman. So for Bellinger to, you know, hit over 110 RBIs, you know, over 45 home runs. I think he finished with 47, 48. You know, I'm really happy. He's, you know, one of my favorite players behind Ryan Braun. So he'll definitely be on the squad for a very long time. That's for sure. Heck yeah, and you still got that jersey, right? Yes, sir. There it is. He's the man. Represent. Represent. How do you think the Brewers, because I know you're a Brewers fan, uh, how do you think they're going to do in the playoffs? I mean, it's, it's going to be tough, uh, you know, going to Washington. You know, at Nationals Park going up against Mad Max. You know, I think we took the season series 4-2, but only won one of the four in uh, Washington. And, you know, we're top five in strikeouts as a team. But, I mean, they're hot right now. When your star player goes down, you think teams are going to mail it in. But for some of these guys, you know, Grandal, Moustakis, Trent Grisham, you know, Corey Spangenberg, some of these, some of these guys just making huge plays for us got all the confidence you know in the world so let's just see what happens it's it's going to be october and it's going to be fun to watch but i'm hoping they pull it out yeah yeah what's crazy too is speaking of the brewers Kristen yelich is still going to finish out the fantasy baseball season as a number one player and he's been out for almost two months it's crazy how does he end up in the mvp votes you know i i I mean, I could be biased. I think he deserves to be the MVP, but, you know, I know there's a lot of guys out there that, you know, deserve it. So, if I, I will say one thing. If Lorenzo Cain does not win a gold glove this year, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with that award because that guy has saved so many runs, made so many big plays, and it's, it's his time to get one of those gold gloves. And, you know, I'm hoping Yelich, you know, pulls the MVP out. But with him getting hurt, I know it's going to, you know, be tough. So, we'll see how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, so uh, I, I, if Jordan doesn't have any more questions for you, I think I'm wrapped up as well. Do you got anything for us? No, I mean, you guys are doing great work. I appreciate you having me on. It feels good to, to win. It's, it's hard. You know, I don't think people understand, you know, once you get to the end, every start, every at-bat, you know, matters. So it just feels good to, to win and be on the show and talk about it a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I would say it's definitely nice to see a new champ in the building. So uh, I'm obviously still not there yet, but I commend you for all your hard work, and it's well-deserved, sir. 
I appreciate that. Yeah, Nick uh, dodged a bullet. He gets to drive the trophy to me now. Maybe he needs to <laughs> attach a 12-pack with that. You know, I saved him some money. Yeah. The last one had to be shipped to Ger- – or no, two, two, two ago was shipped to Germany, so that wasn't pretty. And I, hey, I also want to give one more shout-out. Uh, Gunner and Garth, love you guys. Thinking about you. You know, it's it's crazy that, you know, Garth was in this league, and that's what we played for. So that one was for him, and – I know he was a big Goldie guy, so feels good to have Goldie on the on the championship squad. Yeah, that's that a good one. Good. Gave, that just gave me chills. That just gave me chills. Well, that's what we do it for, and you know it's a great group of guys and very competitive, and you know that just I I can never go anywhere now that I won one, so that feels good. <laughs> Locked in for life. That's right. All right. All right yeah. Well, thank, thank you, man. Yeah, I thank appreciate you guys. Us. Have a good show. Take care. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Congrats. Sounds good. Bye. Congrats. Thanks again, Jake, for joining us. We're going to get right back into the rest of the show here. We're going to do the top 10 players of the whole entire season this year and also talk about the playoffs as well. You ready to roll? Let's get it started. All right, so the number one player this year in fantasy baseball was Kristen Yelich, even though he missed two months. It's kind of crazy to think he's still the number one fantasy baseball player. Yeah, and I think he should be receiving several, if not most, of all NL MVP votes due to his Mm -hmm. efforts when healthy this season. And I don't think – I feel like his stat shouldn't go overlooked. And I still think that he should – uh, bring home the honors, but I guess I guess we'll have to see. Wait and see what happens. There's plenty of other candidates that are rightful of the award, but I think he has done what it takes. Yeah, it looks like uh, Yelich and Mar- Kettle Martel finish atop the batting title. They'll both get a piece of the batting title with a 3.29 average this year. Yeah, and that's Kettle Marte. What a surprise! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. At number two, Justin Verlander with the Houston Astros. He actually just got his 3,000th career strikeout, and this is kind of hard to believe how good he still is. Yeah, he is, uh, I mean, the ace of this era and decade. I would. I mean, I don't know. Like, he's just been strong. Mm-hmm. And, um. I definitely didn't anticipate him being this successful. And I can almost guarantee many listeners can help, can agree with me there. But, uh, yeah, he's had quite the career, and he's only gotten better. I know we've talked about him aging well like a wine. That has been overplayed. But, yes, the guy has been just that. Like, as he gets older, he has – uh, continued to master his mechanics, which has mm-hmm. made him one of the top-tier aces in all of baseball late in his career. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I definitely won't want to face that pitching staff in the playoffs, but we, if, if we beat the Yankees, we're probably going to end up facing them. Yeah, that was my thought with uh, either the Yankees or Astros matchup with the Minnesota Twins, and that's why I wanted to face the Astros because they have a similar offensive mentality with hitting the home runs mm-hmm. and their pitching isn't all that stellar uh, unlike the Astros. So I like our chances against them, but obviously history doesn't uh, bode well with us on that end. Yeah. All right. At number three, his teammate, I know you owned him most of the year. He actually has over 300 strikeouts this year as well. Put up crazy numbers. Garrett Cole. Yeah, he's a guy that we've talked about previous. Um, I love the guy, as mentioned again, but um, definitely going to get paid this offseason. And he has also excelled as he's um, grown a bit more mature in the league. So. Mm-hmm. I like I don't it's just kind of a big old question mark though as to what he can do next year and I said this earlier too but I don't think he's going to be able to replicate a career type season like this like a career best where um 
nine consecutive starts with 10 plus Ks. He only went five innings today, but he pitched 92. He had 92 pitches, which is why he probably didn't get, uh, get any work in the sixth inning. Um, but yeah, he's just been rock solid all season long. And um, he's going to get paid due to how well he did this season. But I am unsure if he, like I said, if he'll ever be able to replicate a season like this yet again. Yeah, I know we both talked about where we think he'll end up. My guess still is the White Sox. Uh, I don't remember exactly. Where do you think he'll end up? Do you think he'll resign? I mean, if it were me and it was my career and I wanted to win and I ended up going to this new team and I ended up putting up career-like numbers, I would probably stick with the team I had. But then again, I'll probably, I'm never going to receive an opportunity like that. (laughs) So let's just be honest. And uh, money talks to a lot of us. And I'm sure that's what's going to happen with Gary Cole. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I still think he's going to sign a big old contract with the White Sox. And I'm I'm thinking the White Sox will get a couple good players up there and they'll be pretty competitive next year. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see what happens. We shall see. All right, at number four, Cody Bellinger. I know, Jake, we had him on the show earlier to talk about his season, and he owned Cody Bellinger. And I have a feeling a lot of guys that were in the playoffs had pieces of Cody Bellinger because at the beginning of the year, some people didn't think they were going to keep him or not. And he ended up having a crazy year. Yeah. And that's all about being patient with hitters because – as Jake also mentioned, he uh, basically gave up on or didn't really have the patience for Alex Bregman. And look where Alex Bregman is today. So mm-hmm. he had Jake had mentioned that he had dealt an eighth-round pick for Alex Bregman, which is almost highway robbery in 2019, looking back on it. But um, who would have thought when guys like that aren't producing at that point in time and you're mm-hmm. trying to win now? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, back then, I mean, Bregman was a top prospect, but he wasn't uh, supposed to be as good as he is now, but who knows? Yeah, and he's going to be receiving top three, or I'd say top three AL MVP votes this season. Oh, yeah, for sure. He might even win, I think. But I also think that um, this is my thought process or, like, my mindset on the whole matter of uh, MVP voting in the AL. We've already mentioned them, but Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole doing what they have done this year with the ball being juiced is definitely something to say and should not be recognized. Yep, I agree. All right, and at number five, uh, you you own him as well. He actually leads the entire league, AL and NL, in RBIs and will get paid. Anthony Rendon. Man, what a year for the guy. Yeah, another career-like year in his contract year. And, you know, there's a lot of talks of like, oh, that's all a hoax. But both guys we've mentioned in the past couple here are have been in contract seasons. Mm-hmm. So I had them both. And uh, well, it obviously didn't bring home the hardware, but it kept me in first place all season long. Yeah. So there's something to be said about those individuals that are in those types of types of scenarios. So – Going into next year and years in the future, just always be mindful of that and uh, always take that in, into consideration if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what – I think he's going to end up with Mets with a big contract, but he could pretty much go anywhere, I think. But I, I my, my look at him is the Mets. Either resigns with the Nationals or goes to the Mets. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to end up. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'd say I like the idea of the Mets, but then again, I don't really know if they. If I don't know, I guess I, I don't really know much about the Mets and their mentality or how they're going to go about their business in the off season. But this in and out of all the playoffs and thinking they have a chance and not definitely doesn't help. So yeah, yep. All right, at number six, Mike Trout again. He finishes in the top ten. Usually finishes in the top five. If he never got hurt, he's probably your MVP, and he's probably number one in fantasy baseball. But he did get hurt, and he still finished out with a strong year with 45 home runs and 104 RBIs and 110 runs scored. Crazy. 
Yeah, what a beast. What do you think he's going to do next season? Uh, healthy, I think he'll put up similar numbers, probably with a couple more stolen bags, but I think he'll be right around these kind of numbers next year. What do you think for stolen bags? Around closer to 20. Yeah. Yeah, I know he only has 11 this year, but I think next year he'll be closer to 20. Okay. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, it'd be nice to see tw- like twenty. I just like stolen bases have just depreciated in. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole season, like, where have they gone? Like, whatever happened to the stolen bases? Yeah. And if are are they going to return, or are we just going to be focused on the uh, home runs? Yeah, I don't know because I mean that's what makes guys like Ronald Acuna so incredibly valuable. I mean Acuna, he's my. Our NL MVP, he has 37 stolen bags. But, yeah, like, I mean, there's only three guys with 40 or more. Millar, Mondesi, and Malik Smith. And there's only five guys that have 30 or more. And there's a bunch of guys that have 20. Yeah, it just – it just – there's a risk for injury. And I think, like, prime example with Trout being down now, um, not saying that it was stolen base related, but that's, like, him – any any injury potential is only going to limit any future of more stolen bases to come. Yeah. Yep. So. I agree. All right. And number seven, we got Ronald Acuna Jr. Like I said, he has my vote for NL MVP. Three more stolen bags this year. He would have had a 40, 40, 100 year. Like, it, I mean, the guy's incredible. I mean, oh, I love him. Yeah, just to think how, like, to get that close to 40-40 and not do it, man, that's got to suck. Yeah, because, I mean, he'll probably never get this close again unless the ball stays juiced. Don't never say never. I think he could do it. You think he could have a 40 He's only, what, 22? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, if he's going to continue to bat the top of the lineup and – to get this close and not get it, it's only going to make them hungrier too. Yeah. But then again, like you said too, that, that, I mean, that goes with injuries though too. Like that, like maybe the risk of that, if he gets hurt, if he'll ever be able to touch 37 again with 40, but I don't think the homers will be an issue. I think just the stolen bases. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Uh, fun factor. I'm just looking up things right now. There's only five guys out of the entire MLB that played all 162 games this year. Five guys. Starling Castro, Whit Merrifield, Marcus Simeon, Jorge Soler, and Jonathan Villar. Jorge Soler played 162? Jorge Soler played every game this year. Wow. (laughs) Ain't that incredible? Yeah. I'd say that's probably the most – like Marcus Simeon, um, not uh, not really a surprise to me, but Jorge Soler being as injury prone as he has been to come up and just be healthy all season long. Yeah. I mean, the guy just had a masterful type, like just off the tarp charts type season. Mm-hmm. He has, he finishes the year with 95 runs scored, 48 home runs. 117 RBIs, and he batted right around 263 with a 925 OPS. God, where do, like my thing is like where does where does he get drafted next year? He is like it's will he get drafted like Chris Davis did when he Chris Davis went off? I think he's. I mean, he's only 27, mm-hmm. and he had the prospect pedigree. He's going to crack the top 25. Yeah. Yeah. In the regular season. He's going to crack the top 25. And the sad part is that he's only 83% owned. So 17% of Yahoo uh, users didn't have the guy on a roster. And he played every game. He played every game, and he went unowned for far too long in our league, even. Yeah. The sad part is that I traded a Marcel, or I traded him for Marcelo Zuna, and I regretted it. That's a problem. So next year, I don't know if he can replicate this, but uh, 35 plus home runs doesn't seem like it's going to be an issue for him moving forward. 
No, he could be like the next Chris Davis. I think him and Mondesi are running the KC. So as long as they get the pitching, um, being only 20, he'll be, I think, 28 next year. Um, there's definitely some, I mean, and he's locked in three, four, five. He batted two today. So, I mean, he's locked in the top of that order. And they definitely scored some runs in Casey this year. Yeah. Yeah. And there's only four guys that played 161 games and Pete Alonzo, Paul Goldschmidt, Cesar Hernandez with Philly, and Kevin Pilar with San Francisco, which I find that interesting because he got traded from Toronto to San Francisco in the season. He still played 161 games. Yeah. He's also a guy I feel like that's been has a injury prone career. Yeah. That's interesting to see. And he actually did – he hit better in uh, San Fran, surprisingly. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, at number seven on the list, we already talked about him, Ronald Acuna. Number eight, we've talked about him as well, Alex Bregman. And at number nine, Jacob deGrom. So we had three pitchers in the top ten – or three got three pitchers finish in the top ten in Yahoo Fantasy Baseball in the Juice Ball era. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and all three, I believe, are going to go one, two, three in next year's drafts. Yeah, with Verlander being one or Cole being one? I think Cole being one to cover the spread as far as dynasty keeper formats, mm-hmm. being a youthful 29, but uh, youthful being 29 because I'm turning 29 soon. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I would say... I mean, he's got six plus years. He's six plus years younger than Verlander. Yeah, so I don't. I feel like that's has some pros to it. But uh, Degrom, I don't know. That's a that's a top tier three right there. But Scherzer too also finished the year strong. So I'd be curious to see how he ends up next season or where he gets drafted. But um, that's kind of the top four in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, round note that I don't know who would you put fifth. Who would be your fifth pitcher to take off the board, Walker Buehler? Walker Buehler because of future, maybe? Yeah. Um, but you can't overlook Jack Flaherty and what he did in the second half this year. Mm-hmm. And being as young as he is, like I believe he might even be younger than Buehler or just a year older. No, he's two years younger than Buehler. So think of that. Yeah. That is crazy. So, like, the guy is going to be – he could be, I mean, wow, the right-handed Kershaw is, yeah. <laughs> is what, what this is looking like. So, Crazy. Um, then you also have Bieber there, and then Strasburg was healthy. Who would have thought that would have happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strasburg uh, lead, leads – or he finished the season off leading the league, I believe, in innings pitched. With, really? with, oh, no, I lied. Strasburg no, finished fifth in the league in innings pitch with 209. There, there's probably nobody out there that thought that would happen. No. Oh, actually, we did call it at the beginning of the year. We said Strasburg was going to have a solid year this year. Yeah. And then you drafted him. And I felt that I gave up my uh, draft strategy because I was immediately rattled because you took him in front of me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, then I ended up getting him in a trade from you because we probably do 100 a year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think there was quoted that. I think I did, we did, I did 50 trades this year. Jesus Christ. So I know, I know you must have done more if I did 50. Uh, probably not because I, a lot of those trades are probably streamers that I can't really do because I couldn't trade picks this year. Yeah, true. Oh, yeah. next year's a whole new world for you, my friend. Oh, God. <laughs> next year's going to be wild. I bet you don't have your top six picks in the first after the first month. <laughs> Probably not. I, I love to deal. Wheeling and dealing. You got to be patient. That's all I'm going to say. I, I clearly <laughs> wasn't either. I can't talk, but uh, if I would have just kept my drafted team, I think I would have been just fine. So, Yeah. Yeah. All right, and finishing out the top 10, I feel like he's been the top 10 the past three or four years now. Nolan Arenado having had another solid year this year. Your man crush in the Major League Baseball, Nolan Arenado. Just the consistent stud. Jeez. What a legend. 
Uh, I just like that Anthony Rendon finished higher than him. Yeah, yeah, Anthony. Just, yeah, just because I was that was my biggest debate comparing the two in the off season and their numbers in previous years and like how undershadowed Rendon is. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, I mean, Rendon had forty less ABs. I would say Arenado remained healthier throughout the season. Rendon mm-hmm. got banged up a couple times, but I mean, they still delivered solid numbers from third base. And I think Rendon, Bregman, and Arenado really keep the third base strong, being in all three in the top 10 this season. And yeah. right outside the top 10 is another third baseman by the name of Rafael Devers, finishing at 11. Mm-hmm. And who would have thought that guy would have put up a year like he did being preseason ranked 115 in Yahoo and finishing the year as the 11th overall fantasy baseball player. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. Better than Freddie Freeman. Better than Xander Bogarts. Better than Trevor Story. Mookie Betts. Juan Soto. Like the list goes on. And he surpassed all those guys. So... He's got a bright, bright future. Be curious to see how much better he can get. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he has a big time future. Yeah. And I mean, people like he's, he was the guy that we lost patience in. Like I traded him, you traded him. Mm -hmm. And here he is. If only I would have held on to Rendon endeavors. (laughs) If only. I just, the mindset I had is I just don't want three, two second baseman. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, God. All right. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to list off the league, the final, the end of regular season league leaders, but I want to mention one guy first. And I believe he might be my bounce back pitcher candidate of the year. And that is Lance Lynn. This guy finished the year with 208 innings pitched. He went 16 and 11 with a 3.67 ERA and 246 strikeouts. Ish. I just wish you would have done it with the Twins. I don't have time for the Lynn Dynasty anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to. All the times, like in the past, what, three, four years, he's he's been pretty solid. Yeah. But then last year, no. Like the one year that we, the Twins rostered him, was a disappointment, and then every year, but he's been great. Mm-hmm. I went. Oh, great's a strong word, but he's been solid. And this year, like he just got better. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a three pitch or two pitch pitcher, I think. And I mean, what he's doing is, I mean, I, I'm he's on a he was on a one year deal this year too, right? Uh yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah, so I'd be curious to see where he ends up in the offseason or if he gets retained by the Rangers, but um unsure if he has an option there. But, yeah, I don't know. He's a he's a real gem, that one. One guy, though, <laughs> I'd say my breakout candidate for 2020 as a pitcher that didn't pitch this season is Lance McCullers. So Ooh. name that Lance. I'm going – you said Lance Lynn this year, Lance McCullers next year, recovering from TJ. Yeah. So I That's think he should have, I mean, yes, depending upon how he does this offseason and how they kind of play it out. But uh, if Cole doesn't stay, he's definitely going to have a spot in that rotation. I know Forrest Whitley and other guys are going to make some impact and some talks, even with um, Jesse James, right? <laughs> so I think, I don't know where he's going to be at, where he's going to end up, either in the bullpen um, or starting next season, but uh, the Astros definitely have some good problems. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. They have a fountain of quality starting pitching. Yes, and uh, one guy I'm seeing here too, probably the biggest flawed stats of the season, Rick Porcello somehow went 14 wins, 12 losses, with a 5.52 ERA and a 278 batting average against. He has 14 wins and 12 losses with a 5.52 ERA. I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life. That's just garbage. <laughs> I just had to see that because I was like, uh, look, I'm looking at the who led the league in wins, which Justin Verlander did with 21 and Garrett Cole right behind him with 20. 
But here, uh, Rick Porcello's 18th with 14 wins. <laughs> Imagine what Jake DeGrom could do with the Red Sox or with their Red Sox offense ooh, ooh, ooh. behind him. Because Rick Porcello can apparently become relevant by having wins, which is another reason why I really dislike the wins category as far as pitchers. And I don't think it's all off. It's all the offense behind him. Yeah. Not how well the pitcher is actually performing. And that's why we have quality starts. I, I very much don't like the wins category. Yeah. I know you don't. Yeah. I just yeah. don't understand it. Like Rick Porcello would be relevant. I won't. Why would you roster the guy if he can skew all other five other stat categories? Yeah, I mean, you got Mark, uh, Marco Gonzalez with 16 wins for the Seattle Mariners, 203 innings pitched. That's pretty <laughs> incredible for him, too. Yeah. Yeah, the guy that led the league in losses this year, good old Spencer Turnbull, went 3-17 and 17 with the Detroit Tigers. Very solid. 3-17. <laughs> Three <and> <laughs> Yikes. Wow. I won't want that on the back of my baseball card. Not so much. Uh, the league, the guy who led the league in ERA this year, take a guess. The guy who led the league in ERA this season? Yep. Can it be reliever or starter? Uh, it's starter. Oh, I was going to say Kirby Yates, but that's just by not even looking at any stats. I just know Kirby Yates had a stellar ERA this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, starter. I'm just going to guess Zach Grinky just because. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. but It's Zach Grinky finished ninth. Hajung Ryu with the Dodgers finished first with a 2.32 ERA. Wow. And he actually, I wouldn't say fell apart, but he didn't really have the best second half after his injury. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. Huh. Yep. And the guy who led the league in saves, who is it? Ish. Gosh, why did I give up on him? Why? Who? I just traded him away. Josh Hader. No, he did not lead the league in saves. What? Nope. Uh, your other boy led the league in saves. Oh, Yates? Kirby Yates led the league in saves at with 41. Josh Hader finished fourth with 37. Ah, the saves plus holds is just skewing me. Yep. That's why. But yeah, the Yates Motel, man. Just rock solid. Hey, there's a good fantasy name for you. That's a good fantasy name next year. Yates Motel. Yeah, no, I thought the process would actually come through and be completed this year. <laughs> I had the Yates Motel in mind all season long. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. yeah, and I thought there was talks that he could have potentially been dealt at during the deadline because teams are like they were giving away an arm and a leg for him, mm-hmm. but the Padres wouldn't bite. And that's what – so having him be as good as he was and then potentially getting dealt and then being like a mid-relief type guy scared me. But yeah. uh, I held on to him all season long, drafted him from day one, and I would say – I don't know if that was luck or just the, the fact that I did some research. But um, I was definitely pleasantly surprised with how he performed this season. Yeah, there's only 15 guys in the league that finished with 200-plus innings pitched Justin Verlander had 223, and he leads the league. Only 15 guys, though. That's nuts. Yeah. And uh, Marco Gonzalez is one of them. Yeah. That's crazy, I think. (laughs) Mike Miner, though, had one heck of a year this season, but his whip wasn't that pretty. Here we're talking about innings pitching. You got Trevor Bauer sitting there. That's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Remain remain 94% owned. 213 innings pitched, which was was top three in baseball. Mm -hmm. 4.48 ERA, which is the ugliest thing in the top 25 here as I'm looking down at innings pitched. He by far had the worst ERA in the top 25, it looks like. Well, no. Pretty close. And uh, his whip, ugly, 1.25. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty. I would say that's an acceptable whip. Yeah. And his K rate was ten point eight eight. But yeah, I don't. Oh, sorry, I was reading the wrong stats. Ten point six nine was his K rate for Trevor Bauer. Where do you draft Trevor Bauer next season? Would I draft Trevor Bauer next year? 
where would you or would you? I would not draft him, but if he was there in like the fourth, fifth round, I would draft him. If he if he's just chilling, like like people are passing on him just cause, and he's just chilling, I would definitely take him. Yeah, I'd just be curious to see how. Yeah, I don't know. He's just a big old question mark for me, and to think that he was kept last year, but due to his like career t- career type season, like it was rock solid. Yeah, and then he has a season like this where it's like. Ugh. What do you do being so unreliable, especially in playoffs? Like it's got, it had been a headache. He goes oh, yeah. from like a, he goes and has a couple masterful starts, and then just gets shelled. Um, but that's also the upside that you kind of like too, because there's always a chance that he's just gonna just twirl a gem. Yeah, yeah, nine inning gem with ten strikeouts. Yeah, but there are some rigorous looking starts that he had this past month. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, the guy that led the league in strikeouts this year, Garrett Cole, with 326. Justin Verlander had 300 as well. And the guy that led the league in batting average against, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole, 172 and 186. And the guy that led the league in whip, Justin Verlander with Garrett Cole right behind him. <laughs> God, those two. Just, I mean, they were just competing against each other. Yeah. Just like they just remind me of uh, Kurt Schilling and the unit Randy Johnson when they were on the Diamondbacks. Just yep. two aces doing work. Um, curious to see if they can win a we can, they can win a title in Houston again. Yeah, yeah, we'll see this year. I mean, I they're probably the favorites on everybody's list. Yeah, I don't want to face that pitching. Heck no. One guy that we didn't really mention or talk about, though, and I'd be curious to see your thoughts and opinions on where you draft him next year, is Shane Bieber. Oh, yeah, he's right outside of the top five. Yeah. He's probably like six to eight range. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I don't know where I'm going to keep him just because of pitching being what it is and him being younger and doing really well this season. Yeah. Especially pitching for the Cleveland Indians. Yep. But uh be curious to see where he ends up in standard drafts next season. But I would consider him top top six or seven starters going into next season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because I think the days of Chris Sale are faded, if you will. Yeah, yeah, he's starting I think he's starting to wear down unless he has like a Max Scherzer resurgence or something. If Bieber and Scherzer on the board. Who are you taking? Uh, Scherzer. Scherzer? Yep. Even with the back injuries? Yep. All right. There's that's You heard it first. Brent's taking Scherzer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The guy that led the league in at-bats this year. I mean, he didn't steal bags like he was supposed to. Now Whitmer. we're talking about hitters. Now we're talking about yep. hitters. Okay. Yep. We're going over to hitters. Uh, Whit Merrifield had 681 at-bats this year. The next was Simeon with 657. Oof. Whit Merrifield. That's a yeah. guy. Where does he get drafted next year? I because don't know. He got drafted in a comparable – so he was drafted – it'd be fifth round in our draft. He was considered a top 25 fantasy baseball player this season. Preseason ranked 32 currently ranked 74 before today's games and he only had 20 stolen bases in and in last year he had 45 so 25 less bags stolen and yeah. i know that he got caught quite often um the runs were there the home runs definitely weren't there the rbis i mean anybody can put up 74 rbis in 2019 and stolen bases 20 so that doesn't even put him i mean that's just i think that's what 19th in baseball with night or 19th ranked with 20 stolen bases yeah and you just said how many he got caught stealing a lot he leads a league in getting caught stealing and with 10 and i was gonna say that i mean there was definitely i saw even live in target field too many times (laughs) and 
it's also his age, I would say, being, what, 31? So yeah. I Good don't move. really think those numbers are ever going to get better. So I think 45 was his uh, career best mark, and I don't believe that's ever going to get replicated ever again. And I don't really think he's going to be in the top, I would say top six or seven, maybe eighth round next year. And I'm just saying that because I don't know or I would be interested to see why you would draft him any higher because if he's not going to provide you the reasons why you drafted him high in, with stolen bases, I mean, runs scored, yes, but I think there's better options available with more upside. Yes, I agree. So, All right, the le- the league leader in runs scored, Mookie Betts with 135, Rafael Devers right behind him with 129. And the Red Sox aren't going to the playoffs. High-paid players are all staying home. Scored a lot of runs, didn't win a lot of games because their pitching started with a lot of Rick Porcello. <laughs> so they put up the runs and their pitching couldn't help them out. Yep. And it looks like they're not going to be able to resolve that issue for quite some time because they're locked in with big contracts. But they got their championship last year, so hey. You know, you take chances. Dombrowski did it. He won him a ring, and uh, now he's jobless. Yep, that's crazy. Yep. All right, and the league leader in hits, which Jose Altuve, I feel like, has been the number one guy of the past five years. Actually, Whit Merrifield leads the league in hits with 206. Rafael Devers right behind him with 201. Whew. Uh, I still, I still is... stand strong with Whit Merrifield not being that good next year. No, no. <laughs> I mean, he bats leadoff, which is why he almost had he had close. He played every day. Mm-hmm. He was close to seven hundred at bats, which is why he had two hundred plus hits. Mm-hmm. So there's my justification. That doesn't change anything of how I feel about him in the future. Yeah, I agree. Guy that led the league in doubles this year, I believe, Eduardo. Year. Nicholas Castellanos had 58 doubles this year. Leads a league. Wow, and I would say more than half half came in Chicago. Yeah. In a handful of months, in less than a handful of months. Yep. Crazy. Who's the second guy you mentioned? Rafael Devers, 54. Yeah. Uh, For triples, this is hilarious. So, (laughs) out of the top four guys, there's – Four guys with 10 triples. The rest have less than 10. Uh, Hunter Dozier has 10. Eduardo Escobar has 10. Whip Merrifield has 10. And Alberto Mondesi has 10. So three out of the four are Royals that lead the league in triples. Huh. They love to run. Yes, they they do. They must love to just take chances and take advantage of some weak defense maybe. Yeah. Because, the guy that led because, the league in home runs, you know? I'd like to guess. Strong guess. Who, you, who is it? The polar bear. Yes, sir. 53. Uh, only guy with 50. What's crazy is there's only one guy that hit over 50, and that's him. And the rest are, we have, what, 10 guys in 40 range, and then the rest are all in the 30 range. Yep, there's a ton and, of guys in the 30 range. Yep, uh, there is now, going back to our conversation that we had last week, there's 50, there's 58 30 home run hitters this season. God, that's crazy. One is Paul DeYoung. <laughs> uh, Unreal. Ren- Renato Nunez and Rognet Ordur was another. So there was a lot that uh, were able to – there was a couple, though, that were just on the cusp. Marcelo Zuna, Reese Hoskins, Christian Walker, Mookie Betts, all sat at 29 to end the season unless they hit home runs today, and that's not the case. So, All right, the guy, we already talked about the RBI leader, your boy Anthony Rendon. Jose Abreu is number two. Jose Abreu, again, put another 3,100 season up with a 284 average. The guy's Mr. Consistent. Yeah, 30 and one 
twenty almost is must be his standard. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Definitely falls in drafts too. Given because we just assume that first base is just known to hit that or put up those types of numbers. Yeah. But definitely a guy that is going to continue just to probably slip in draft boards. I mean, he played 158 games this year. Mm-hmm. What? That's the bigger shocker. Yeah. I feel like he's healthy. banged up. And he's, I mean, when he's healthy, obviously he contributes. But uh, to, see a, to see 158 games played by Jose Abreu is definitely something pleasant. So, I mean, the bat 283 too, hit for hit for power and bat that kind of numbers, solid. Mm-hmm. Another solid year for the Jose Abreu. Where does he get drafted uh, in next year in drafts? Probably in like the for first baseman, he'll probably get like drafted like the seven to ten range, I'd assume. Yeah, I was gonna say he's preseason ranked 49th, and he is currently ranked 64th. So, so yeah, he'll finish up right around there. Yeah. All right, the guy that led the league in walks, Alex Bregman with 119, Reese Hoskins with 116. Yeah, that on base, like Reese Hoskins didn't have much going for him this year, um, but he did get on base. And that's what I will say. Mm-hmm. Here's the interesting one the league leader in strikeouts, Edgenio Suarez with the Reds, and right behind him, Ronald Acuna Jr., and then Pete Alonso. So the top three, almost the top three home run hitters also led the league in strikeouts. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And Eugenio Suarez hit for, I mean, hit 273 this season. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really think he was going to be able to hit more than what he did last year. I think with 35 homers and here he is hitting almost, what, 49? Yep, 49. That would just, that would be another painful one to swallow ending the year on 49 when he could hit 50. Yeah. All right, the league leader in stolen bags this year, Malik Smith, right behind him. He only played 102 games. Alberto Mondesi with 43. And then uh, Tim Anderson won the AL batting title, and Yelich and Kettle Marte tied for the NL batting title. But one guy I want to talk about as well, Nelson Cruz only played 120 games with 454 at-bats. And he managed to hit 41 home runs and drive in 108. <laughs> like, what? And he finished fourth in on-base percentage and third in slugging percentage. Wow. Like, this guy's nuts. Yeah. And, 39 years old. And to think of his Dominican little brother, Miguel Sano. Yeah. Yeah. I believe him and Sano might have the highest home run rate in the league. Yeah, going by batting or at bats, Sano only had 378. He had 34 homers. Yeah, where Sano is going to get drafted next year is going to be the interesting part. Where do you think he goes? I don't. I've gotten my hopes up too many times on the guy, though, too. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, when he's feeling it, he's in doing his best and putting up these types of numbers and remaining in the lineup. And I mean, he's got, he just gets banged up too often. Yeah. So, I think, uh, but his first and third base eligibility is nice. Going to crack the top 150 in baseball, being out as much as he did and kind of reviving himself later in the season, but I think that he's going to be able to, I think he's going to, I confidently hit 45 homers next season. Ooh, there you go. That's a bold prediction. So I could see him doing, I think he, he's got, he's got Jorge Soler type numbers next season. Mm, Okay. I agree. being, Being a bit younger than Soler, but I mean, he was a better prospect and not saying that that means anything, but I just know that if he's healthy and he's finally got the, he's rebuilt and reestablished the confidence that he maybe once had, mm-hmm. uh, that was one of the biggest reasons why uh, we got Nelson Cruz was to kind of be that mentor for Miguel Sano. Yeah. So I think moving forward, I, I mean, I would love to see Nelson Cruz sign an extension, maybe end up retiring with the Twins, and Miguel Sano is with him, and there's more success. 
in the next couple of years. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Buxton too. Yeah, hey man, he's the one guy that. I don't know how much patience I got left in the tank, man. I don't know. I think I'm done with him. I'm not going to touch him in fantasy anymore. I'm done with him that way. Yeah. He could just have this red hot spring training, and there I go again. Easily convinced. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the playoffs. The playoffs are set. Brewers play at Washington on October 1st. On October 2nd, the Rays play at Oakland. And then October 3rd, the rest of the NL games get started. And October 4th, AL games get started. Uh, the Brewers and Washington, who wins that game? I would say that I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that the Brewers aren't going to be able to surpass or even match what the staff is or the pitching staff is the Washington Nationals. I just think that they're going to be able to throw out too many weapons against the Brewers and they're not going to be able, and the Brewers aren't going to be able to match. And I think, I mean, if I was the nationals, right, I would be pitching everybody I can. And Mm -hmm. that starting staff is rock solid. So I think that that's what it's going to take to succeed. But then again, you have the Brewers having that uh, bullpen. Well, Obviously, hasn't it's not that good like it used to be, but Hater's going to pitch more than an inning or two, and Pomeranz being as hot as of late, like he's going to get some innings. So it's going to be a battle, but I do like the Nationals, and I don't think that they're going to. I think it'll be, I, it'll be a heck of a matchup, but I think that they're going to take it. Yeah, I think it'll be a two-one score Nationals. I think Corbin. My guess is Corbin opens the game up. Uh, Strasburg gets thrown in there. If they're going to do that kind of game, the bullpen kind of game, I think Strasburg gets thrown in there next. And then I think Scherzer is going to close out the game. I think he's going to be the back-end guy. I mean, if those those three handle all three innings or three innings apiece, (laughs) if you go – you could go uh, righty-lefty-righty, and that would be the game. (laughs) Checkmate. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, that's what I was – like, I just think if – I mean, I guess the, I, you'd have to play it that way. Yeah. If you have those guys and they're going to have that rest going into the game, play it out that way. It's a it's a one game, one and done, right? So why not just do it that way? Yeah, Corbin Scherzer or Corbin Strasburg Scherzer, three apiece. Call it a day. Yeah, and then get on, get on to the next, get on to the next series. So you think Washington wins? Yeah, I'd say Washington wins, and then with the A's and the old A's and Rays. I like both teams. I don't really care who wins, quite honestly. I would like to see the Rays win because I lived in Florida. But then mm-hmm. again, I like the A's, so it doesn't matter. I just wish that they didn't have to play each other But because uh, I'm a huge fan of both small market teams. Um, but I guess we'll have to see what happens. Uh, I would say A's, but uh, with Snell back and Glasnow pitching, like I like their pitching. Yeah, I also, I, I also like yeah. the offense of the A's. Yeah, I was gonna say I uh, I think the A's will win as well. Sean Manaya is like a secret little weapon there, and then Mike Fryers will probably start the game out. I'm guessing, but I don't know for sure. But yeah, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Marcus Simeon. That's that's pretty tough bats to face, no matter who you are. Yeah, and that's just it. Like I, they're playing in Tampa. Nope, at Oakland. Okay. Yep, and then uh, so you got the Nats, I got the Nats, so then it'll be Washington at L.A. Uh, I got the Dodgers winning three games to two. Uh, what do you think? Dodgers. It won't it, be, I'd say three, I'd say three, one. Three, one? Maybe. It might be a route, just clean sweep. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it could be. Yeah. Um, and then St. Louis plays at Atlanta. I got Atlanta three games to one. I like Atlanta. Their pitching staff is what is of question. Um, but then again, you really can't rely on Michaelis with the yeah. Cardinals. Uh, yeah, I would just say the Braves. I'd go Braves. 
I'll take them 3-2. Okay. And then uh, with that, it'll be Atlanta. We'll play at L.A. first. I know you like the Dodgers. I actually picked the Dodgers to get there as well, but I'll pick Atlanta to beat the Dodgers to go to the World Series. Well, I would just say I'd go school with my midseason, or uh, I'd say that pick that I made, I remember I was in Colorado. I was with Andy, and I had my prediction, Twins-Dodgers in May. And here I am, same prediction. Danger. Dodgers. But Dodgers. Dodgers win the World Series, though? Yeah. Six games. Okay. Yeah, I got the Twins beating the Yankees 3-1, Houston beating the A's 3-1, and then the Twins beating Houston in seven games. I mean, that's my hope, but I doubt that. I think Houston will probably get to the World Series, but I hope the Twins do. I'd say Twins as a homer pick, but also I think it's the year that we overcome the Yanks and then Astros. That might be a quick one, too. No more than five games. And then I would love to see the Twins play and play in the World Series, but I'd take definite seven games. And then I would have to say that the Dodgers would overcome it and uh, win it all after being we're making the uh, past two uh, World Series appearances. Yeah. They may have yeah. been, have they been there three years in a row? I feel like they've been living in the World Series without coming out with anything. I think what they played against the Cubs, lost to the Cubs. They played against the Houston last year, right? No. Red Sox won last year. Oh, yeah. So it was Red Sox versus the Dodgers, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think three years in a row. Jeez. Dude, and, like, Dodgers are so good with their pitching. Like, no, like the most – on their team, the guy that leads their team in innings pitch is Ryu with 182. So, like, yeah. their guys are, like, all, like, rested up. They're ready to go. They are. They're so smart. That's their plan. But maybe they can do it. They already have had, they've already done this in the past. hasn't worked out in the end. But I think this may be their year. Yeah. I think Julio, Julio Urias or whatever, he's, like, their secret weapon. Yeah, I think he's going to make an impact in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. He's going to be like uh, Madison, what Madison Bumgarner did with the Giants back oh, in the Okay. Okay. Yeah. He's going to have a ton of innings pitch and he's going to help him out. <laughs> I would say he's going to be like uh, Francisco Rodriguez with the Angels. Okay. In 2000, that was with the Monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Be elite, but I think ah, who knows? Guess we'll have to see what happens. Who knows? All right, you got anything mm-hmm. else? I think that should be all. I have to tend to a fantasy hockey draft, which happens to be Dynasty, which also happens to be the first ever fantasy draft I've ever played. So it's Ooh. gonna be it's gonna be a, uh, an eventful one to say the least. Where's it run off of? CBS. So that's and this is also the first time I've played in a CBS league. So okay. another first. So I guess uh, we'll have to see what happens here. Um, but I think my goal is to just get more engaged with the hockey because yeah. I've personally just have no interest in basketball, NBA anywhere. Yeah, I usually play fantasy basketball just for something to do after football. But this year I did do that. I did a hockey draft, and I literally know five of the players. I've heard of their name before. The rest I have no idea who they are, but their percentage own is high and their ranks are high, so I drafted them. There you go. That's the plan. <laughs> That's my strategy going in. I just don't know if, how serious I'm going to take the whole dynasty aspect of this draft. Yeah. But, uh, I'm just going to – I might just try to sneak in and win the first season. <laughs> Just just draft all the old guys, whatever it takes, and just do it. Sidney Crosby, man. Yeah. Ovi. I bet you. <laughs> but uh, that's all I got for this show. Uh, thank you, listeners, again for giving us a listen. Yeah. Uh, so I advertised our Fantasy Baseball League again online on all the social media websites. We have eight spots filled. Eight spots are open yet. 
$175 buy-in, big payout. So if any of you guys are interested in that, let us know. And we'll probably have a episode in two weeks, you think? Yeah. Or if anything gets crazy and if we have time, we can sneak one in too. Yeah. Yeah, if the Twins are in the World Series or beat the Yankees in game one and we think they're going to win it all, we'll, we'll probably jump on here and let you know. <laughs> yeah, if we want to recap every Twins game, I'd be down with that too. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, especially if we're on the winning side. Yeah. We'll do it particularly for our boy, homie with a Y. Hey. <laughs> all right, yeah, so thanks, Jake, for joining us, and that should be all for this evening. All right, take care, everybody. Have a good night, folks.